Okay, welcome to what is episode 22, I think. I'm going to stop doing the numbers because I keep having to check <laughs> to remember what number it is. So we'll just sack the numbers. But here's the next episode of the Sydney's Guild Gaz podcast. Um, got our admin together again. So we've got Ben Garwood, founder and owner of HR4K in Hereford and fucking everywhere else now as well. Uh, and we've got Luke from Contact Coffee again. So we put a thing out on Instagram the other day asking for, you know, we sort of knew what we wanted to talk about because we basically just talk about what we talk about on our WhatsApp group anyway and just bring it to the public. Uh, but we did some questions. So we got we picked a few of those that we'll talk about. But uh, how is everybody? Is everyone fine? Yeah, living the dream. All good, mate. Toppers. Yeah. Better, better than some, I suppose. Well, yeah. <laughs> Better than someone who's still stuck on tour, not able to yeah. come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so do you want to go straight into the questions or do you want to just sort of... Um, yeah, let's, any, let's do it. Yeah, okay. The first sort of decent one we had was the career highs and lows bit. Now, that's obviously a difficult one because people are still serving and I don't know. Um, I'll sort of do mine because I didn't really have any careers highs and lows. I was I was a very average sort of guy who didn't do, you know, run of the mill. So as well as my only career highs and lows are probably connected to um, just being a session commander and getting that at just the right time. So I sort of I was lucky enough to go in and have a mega group of guys. You know, you have those periods where everything's great. All the guys are really good. There's a really good ethos and sort of uh, bond within you all. Um, and I had that for about two and a half, two, two and a half years. And then the career low, to be honest, would probably be seeing those people, the personalities moving on, the head shed changing. And it basically just that, that brilliant sort of time we had together just changed, just through personality changing. I mean, you'll have experienced it yourselves. And it, it was a fucking, it was really sad to see, but that coincided with me leaving. So I saw her, I was doing all my leaving stuff. And the last year or so that I was in, I was just watching my old little group of guys. Uh, not like fall to bits, because they didn't, obviously, they're professional, but it's just, morale just went down the toilet and guys were just doing the job instead of being like, this is fucking mega. Yeah. So that's sort of me. Uh I don't know what you, anybody else want to join in with anything. You go, you, you go, you. Uh... Um, yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is obviously sort of like the whole loss of life and going straight into it, so that sort of thing. I mean, they're, they're obviously like your low points. Um, yeah. Whether that's on a like personal level or whether it's like sort of close to you or you're sort of involved in that sort of um, scenario. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it sort of take the sort of rough and the smooth. Um, I think when you look on your career, like especially well, as now that I'm leaving, um, I know that I'll sort of look back and anyone that asks, "Oh, how was the call?" Or whatever, I'm like, "Yeah, it was hoping it's fucking quality." But I know that ninety percent of the time, I was doing so much shit, skipping <laughs> <laughs> my tits off, or do you know what I mean, just doing some bone fucking task. But I think it's that sort of. 90% fucking Webster's 10% hoofing but yeah 
only going to sort of remember and spin the 10%. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think I think the highs are, it's the privilege of command isn't it it's the the chance to to put influence on others in, in some respect um, I think when I was a senior Tom just getting back into two para I had a, a multiple or a team that I looked after and uh, you know you finally have that response now you're a senior Tom doing what is essentially almost like a section commander's type job but the responsibility on that uh, was awesome because obviously it just encourages you to do more, to be keener. Mm. And then you know you have the responsibility of those um, men underneath you to do well uh, and to put them first. Um, I think that kind of went on and, and two power, as you know, we kind of, the, the sections, we lost men all the time, obviously not through death at those times, but we lost men just from posting, retention, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, we, um, so you never really had your own section for a long period of time. You never really had your own group of blokes that you could lend a mold and develop. Yeah. Um, just before sort of <clears throat> Afghan for two power, before I went to PF, I had a section for a period of time and we had a really good team. I mean, um, um, you know, the, these lads were super keen. They wanted to work with me. Um, they sort of, we, we went sort of, a above and beyond when it came to training. So in our own time, we would go and do bits and pieces and, and we, you know, we wanted a soldier. And then I went to PF and I lost all that. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, for me, I lost, I watched what was my section um, go to Afghanistan without me, with someone else. I was gutted. Although I had a good time in PF, I was, I was gutted that I didn't have the privilege of command of those men. Um. And then uh, when I went and joined the regiment, you start at the bottom again. So, so going back to the point we sort of said last week where you crave responsibility yeah. because you've tasted responsibility um, and that would only drive you to do better. And then eventually, I, you know, I, I was in a position where you're, as I said, you're, your point counted. You were a bit of a big dick player at the table. You had uh, people under your command um, and you, that you knew you had to put first. So I think... The highs and lows of my career was definitely those moments where I was had the privilege of command, I think, was probably my highs. Yeah, I think it's the, the downside. You said exactly the same thing there. Your downsides are when you, you see that, when you lose that, you have a really good bunch of guys who are, you know, all at the top of the game and everything's great. And then you step aside and like you watch that change for whatever reason. It seems to always be connected to the blokes. Like everyone gets to do good jobs. You might go and do a good, you know, some sort of thing somewhere, do a good job, and everyone's involved in that. But it, I think it's the relationships and that feeling of a a good, strong bond, and you know, it's it's a really good feeling. Yeah, I had something similar to be fair. But when I first um, moved into my new SQ, within the first year, I think. Uh, Deployed out, and I was working like a close team with two other lads, and it was it was like the best best tour that I've had. It was fucking yeah. hoofing. Um, and in, in theory, looking back, like if I'd have ended my career just after that tour, I'd have been leaving on like a massive high. Like it was fucking quality. Um, and then obviously, fast forward a few more years, next tour somewhere else, it just didn't. It was nothing like it. It was yeah. just quiet. 
pretty like different personalities. It wasn't the same. It wasn't how, how I did it last time. And yeah, I think you're always going to get good ones and bad ones. That's a, that's a slippery place because you always get the guys yeah, who go, yeah. oh, mate, back on this tour. And when we did yeah. this, we did that. And it's obviously, yeah, it's yeah. disarming for the Change. new guys coming up because they're not necessarily getting that kineticness or whatever it is that they've, they've joined to do. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you can't be like that. You've got to roll with whatever tours yeah, thrown yeah. in front of you. You know, going back to a point that we said on the last podcast, uh, the worst threesome ever podcast, um, <laughs> when we did... Um, you, we talked about guys going and do sort of shit sort of tours, uh, but it's what it's what you make of those tours. You know, totally. careful careful what you wish for, etc. You know, sometimes you think you're going on a fairly benign tour and it could go quite kinetic, or you could go on a fairly kinetic tour and kind of wish, you know, what I've had enough of this. I mm. could do with a little bit of a an easier tour, maybe a slower yeah. pace. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always used to tell. There's a you sort of there's a danger with clinging to those those great periods. So I used to tell the sort of young Toms of my team, um, I would say so they'd be like they'd be like a career opportunity might come up. So they might have to be able to go do D and D's or do a course or get a good posting or something. And they would cling to this this great period because they wanted to be part of it. And I understood that. But I would always say to them, look, this thing will change. So don't your career or whatever interest you have in, in what you want to do like I was never a career guy so I feel weird saying don't fuck your career I know some people are don't hamper yourself just to try and stay a part of this because it will end these these, these good times are impermanent I think that's the best that's also a lesson with everything in life you know things yeah. you cannot help things changing and if you try and stay in this little box that you created for yourself now you're going to suffer because things are going to change around you and you haven't changed and you're clinging to the past and suddenly yeah. you're all sad. But you always get those ones, sort of, it's always going to happen whenever you do training and stuff, you always speak to the people that are a few years in front of you and always like, oh, it's not what it used to be. When yeah. I did it, it was this. And like, when I first passed out, I went to 40, sort of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, everyone was buzzing that I went to 40 because I knew there was like one of the last Herricks was coming up you're going into that and then the lads have not long come back from Herrick 12 and obviously they had like a pretty shit tour um, and then you're going into that environment all boy or bushy tails tails sort of keen and they're like oh it won't be like our tour it won't be this and then you're it just puts a massive dampener on it and then fast forward a few years then like Herricks have stopped and lads are going on these like pointless bone tours like and then I'm probably one of them both going oh yeah it wasn't like ours yeah. you know what I mean it's just like <laughs> I, I suppose what you're going to do go on sorry uh, go on. you find yourself being sort of like one of the blokes that you didn't fucking like yeah <laughs> sort of like, everyone's leapfrogging each other Gaz said last week said um, that um, you know you should be grateful um, you know, for, for the, going on these tours and being able to go on tour. And I think, you know, to, to put that in perspective, Luke, is the fact that we're grateful that we've had those experiences. Um, you know, there's, there's tours that um, guys I did, who uh, guys who were senior to me did, that I wish I was on those tours. Yeah, um, but at the same time, you know, we, we, we had, we had our own experiences. We, we did something that some of those guys have never did. You know, mm-hmm. you think about it, some of the, um, you know, the, the regiment for a long period of time was, was quiet. 
at one point, you know, um, there's actually more experience in the regular army than there was with some people on, in the regiment. It's just, yeah. it just depends on uh, what your rotation is. You know, what, what, whether you go on a winter tour or a summer tour, you know, depending whether you're in the fighting season, outside of the fighting season, you know, depending on, you know, whatever else is kicking off around the world, you know. Uh, yeah. But I think you you've got to be grateful. Yeah. You also can't punish people, like, sort of, you can't, you know, pick your toes, if you know what I mean. Like, if a good nah. tour comes up, you just happen to be on that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, well, he didn't do this, or, oh, I've done this, but this, this guy didn't do that. Like, well, what was, he, he obviously, that wasn't his rotation or whatever. You can't punish yeah. the guy for not having been on that because yeah. everyone would go if they could. Well, if you think about when, say, you and I, I you and I joined Gaz, when you, had to, you had to, you, you, well, it was quiet, it was mega quiet, wasn't it? You know, no one yeah. went anywhere. So you, you, you sort of cut your teeth, not cut your teeth, but you, you earned your, your strikes by being a good bloke. And, yeah. Um, you couldn't have a, an alley smock unless you've been in a while. You couldn't have an overhang unless you've been in where you could wear trots. You know, yeah. you know what? At the time, I was living in Aldershot and I wasn't allowed downtown to my own town. Same here. I like, um, so <laughs> I, I thought, I get why they do that. And that goes back to that reeducation we said before. I get why you do that because you have to instill a baseline into everyone. But I think also there's something interesting about, uh, you know, a word that's massively misused now, uh, Ali. And I think, I think if your blokes are going on tour, they need to feel Ali. They, you know, if you're, if my blokes yeah. are going on tour, I want, and I always said this when I was in Tupac, I want them to look the part and feel the part. Yeah. And I know for mm-hmm. well, if they're looking and feeling the part, they're going to do a good job. And I want yeah. them to be Ali as fuck. But that, that is also something you can take away from someone if they're shit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like appointing yeah. them lead scout. Lead scout is an absolute privilege. Mm-hmm. But if they're shit, then you take them off the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, so so um, I think there's something to be said about sort of, oh, back in our day, we did this, we did that, shut the fuck up, crow, what the hell do you know type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also something about bringing people on, encouraging them, um, but obviously just making sure that there's that discipline there that you can grip it you know um i always thought that the the tours in bastion and for anyone who'll be listening the tours in bastion we've got lads this is this was devastating for me to see um you've got lads in the fobs and they're working their tits off in the fobs you know they're they're they look the part they've got a bit of a beard on you know uh they're grafting they're losing friends they're doing the job that they signed up to the hair's a little bit longer sideburns a little bit longer and um, they come back to Bastion. You got some remp RSM who's never been outside the wire, mm-hmm. telling them to get the sideburns up and a haircut before they go on leave. Well, surely if they're going back on leave and they're looking the part, it's only going to encourage them to come back. And they tell their stories down the pub to all their mates, and their mates go, "That is Ali as shit. I want to join up. I want to be part of that." But no, what happened yeah. was you had some prick who said something like. We look like the disgraced or the whatever, the, the given up army of Vietnam or something ridiculous. And there was this crap at, right? And I will say that word because he was an absolute screamer. Some people he are. R- <laughs> he, was, he was the RSM at Bastion, right? And we went through uh, that ORSI, whatever it's called, I can't remember what it's called. And, um, oh, that and he had. Like little beetle package, is it? Like two that's days. It, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. there's this kid walking around from. Um, 
the rifles or the Anglians. I wouldn't have seen. Uh, nice kid. And he walking around and he had like a pair of uh, combat trousers on, like approach shoes, T-shirt, baseball cap, and a little bit of side oats. I remember seeing him thinking, nice, oh, it's quite alley. Anyway, we all got in this room and this bloke got us up on stage. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, this bloke came on stage, this, uh, this Scream RSM, um, came up on stage and he said, right, what do you lot think of this? And he pulls this kid on. And he's, this kid's got to stand there, right, in front of all the three power of battle group and, and everyone. What do you think of him? And everyone was like, well, to be fair, pretty alley. You know, this is like a whole <laughs> room full of three power and PF and everyone else. Pretty alley, you know, fair play to the kid. And he goes, no, he's a defeatist. This man is an example of defeatist. And, and everyone was like, what the? So you've dressed the bloke up for three weeks the wander yeah. around camp in a pair of uh, combats, trainers, allowed him to grow his hair in his sideies, just to insult him on stage to make a point. Yeah. And you know, this is this is what this is one this is the same bloke. I remember I walked through. I was in PF at the time. I was walking through Bastion. Had a baseball cap on. Um, obviously, we used them for, for driving around him. And he stopped. He says, "What unit are you from? You SF or PF?" And I said, oh, I'm, "I'm PF." He goes, "Well, I don't give a shit." Well, you obviously do, because you wouldn't have said, ask me the yeah, question. Exactly. You, did it. you know, fucking hell. But, you know, that by gripping that properly, if hindsight's a good thing, but if they had maybe separated those guys and girls who came off the ground, allowed them to uh, decompress properly, uh, be with other people, not get mm-hmm. nosed out by some screamer, mm-hmm. go on tour, and then come back. When you come back, lads, get your haircut. When you come back, just make sure you look the part when you come back. Go go on R&R, yeah. go enjoy yourself. Screw not a little bit. But there's, there's bigger problems to worry about than putting your... But that's it. For, these people, for those people Ben's talking about, there aren't bigger problems. Nah, that's, 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 that's his number yeah. one problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a... There was an RSM... There was an RSM from the Army Air Corps and he said, I've got to be careful what I say here because of uh, the unit... Was it Jay I don't know. Uh, yeah, awesome. and I was, I was in, um, I was in, um, I was going into Bastion on on R and R or something, and uh, my mate had just been through Bastion and he had his sleeves at half mast, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how everyone wears them. No big deal. No one's big time yet. It's just how he wore them. And this RSM, uh, he said to my mate, he says, uh, "Sleeves up or down, or do you need me to phone you RSM?" He knows exactly who my mate was. My mate's yeah. wearing cry. No one else is. Yeah. He knows exactly who he is. Just leave him alone. He's in, he's in that camp for a few minutes and then he's just going, just leave him to get some scoff. Instead, this wiener had to make a point of it. He did the same yeah. thing to me. And I knew this was coming. He said, um, he says here, no, he says, um, yeah, he said, here we have our sleeves up or down. I was like, mega. He said, um, <laughs> what are you unit? Blah or blah. I went, yeah. I am. Good day. And I went and sat down. I was like, I'm not getting nosed out by yeah. someone who's got fuck all else to do except stand in a queue in the Bastion cookhouse just to give it a big list. When you know I'm the only one in that queue who's a little bit different and just wants to be left alone just to go and get my scoff and go home. Yeah. Piss off, mate. You know, if, yeah. that, if that is your dit, if that is your dit that you'll take when you're older and spinning dits, yeah, I picked up some SF guy in the queue of Bastion because you do Fucking get your head down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well done. Well done. Ah, but that's basically a battle on the frame, though, isn't it? So, 
Well, I just, but there was a good bloke, man. I remember there was one bloke who was mega. And uh, I was I was in Bastion and um, I was, I'd been on a night job going into a day job and I was just going to the Scoff House and I was walking up from that little camp that we all shared up to um, up to the Bastion Cookhouse. And he pulled alongside and said, excuse me, where's your, where's your headdress? And I was like, in calf. And he was like, which is obviously the other camp. Yeah. Fucking miles away. And he just laughed, right? And he just went, listen, mate, if if you ever come to this camp, just find a better headdress to wear. Otherwise, you'll just get some annoying cunt like me stopping you every two minutes. <laughs> yeah. But but what a good response. Instead of trying to be a, a dick on his high horse, he knows for what, where am I going to get an extra fucking headdress when I'm flying in? I'm yeah. just taking my helmet off for fuck's sake. You know, I don't bring an extra. Um, but, you know, there, there are some good people and there are some other people who, who obviously need need those ticks in the boxes to get whatever promotion, badge, medal, whatever it's they need. Yeah, man. Mm. Okay. So the next one we've got is uh, what do you do to feel good mental health-wise? So basically, I think what this coming out here is like, I want to go down this fucking mental health rabbit hole because um, it kind of appears like it's a it's a fashion thing, if you know what I mean. It's the it's a buzzword in it, but yeah. I think it's perfectly reasonable to ask when you're having a shit day, what do you do? That's because that's a, a human experience and it has nothing to do with fucking PTSD or anything like that. So if you're having a shit day, what do you do to have a better day? Um, now. For me, I've sort of spoke about it a little bit in the past. I have shit days all the time, just like everybody else does. I'll get up in the morning and I can't get fucking anything done. I can't concentrate on anything. I'll sit at the computer trying to do work and nothing's happening. Um, I might be trying to design something or whatever. Whatever I'm doing, I'm being shit at it. And what I tend to do is stop. I don't force myself to do it. And I'll just go, and I will do. I'll disconnect myself from the business or whatever it is that I'm uh, doing, and I'll change my setting. So I'll go and do some fizz. I'll go and just. I've had it before where I've sat and done fuck all but play computer games all day. I just, but I don't allow myself to feel guilty about it. I just go, okay, this is one of those days. Um, obviously, some days you've got stuff you've got to, got to, got to get done, and it's your judgment to decide what those are. But if I say, like, yeah. I can write a day off and I'll, it might, I'll do it for two days, just written them off completely and got and done fuck all. And then instead of having that nagging thing, like you're being a cunt here, what are you doing? You should be doing this. Like look at, look at the timings. Yeah, you've got to you put pressure on yourself. I don't do that. I don't allow myself to do it. I just go, right, we're off. Don't think about that. And when I'm, I get up in the morning and I'm like, okay, we're good. And I'll get back into it. And I'm always, and then, go with things for like a renewed vigor. You feel everything's back. You tend to be back in your sort of flow state, just getting everything done then. Um, that's generally what I do. I mean, sometimes I do just do some, do some fizz or something like that, or, you know, but you have to know yourself. This is the thing that I, I, I push constantly with the sitting at guild stuff. It's your job to know yourself. It's your job to recognize the things about your personality that are shit. And, work at those it's nobody else's job to do that you know people can help you it's that's not a, a thing to be 
this guy, this loner on his own who has to deal with all his own shit. That's, uh, that's bollocks. Like, if you need help, you talk to your friends or you talk to somebody, even if it's a stranger. If you need, you know, if you need that, but you have to, you have to know yourself. Like, I'll, if I'm, during that time, I will try and work out what it is, why. Some days it's just a shit day, but it might be that I'm worried about something. Like, what is this? And I'll work through my thoughts and I'll work through my actions that I've done until I sort of get to it. Like, ah, it was that. I was flapping about that. Um, yeah. But if you don't do that, you can you can just go, you can go into the toilet, you know, and I just think, it, I think it's your job to, to know how not to do that. And it gets easier, I think, anyway. So you go in the toilet and um, what, thrash it out? <laughs> yeah, well, like, sometimes that's what you need to do, man. Just throw it around. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one thing that I, I struggle with, like, because I'm, I know you're you're big into it, Gaz, and I know a lot of people are at the minute, but, like, the whole sort of, like, meditation and, like, headspace thing and stuff like that, I think yeah. I just can't concentrate long enough to sort of get into it. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people recognise that for me probably, especially Nick, because he sends me like a book every fucking two weeks on Amazon, like the headspace, this fucking eat this frog and all this fucking shit. And even the other day, like I, I sat there like, right, I need, need to start reading this book. But like four pages of it, I'm just like, oh, fuck, it's not, not for me. Like <laughs> I, I, I struggle with stuff like that. And then I probably do get a bit flashy or a bit snappy with the misses and stuff like that. But I find without realising I think it's obviously if I do fizz in the morning at the minute I'm in a bit of a, a hole where I'm struggling for motivation because the whole home workout thing is just fucking nausea me out now there's only so much you can run there's only so much you can do as a fucking dumbbell yeah. um, but I find that if, if I don't do fizz then I'll then get aggy later in the day so I'm having to force myself now in the morning even if it's just a 30-40 minute workout I generally do feel better after that and I just feel a bit more relaxed but I think especially like when it comes to the business side of things Again, with sort of Nick being away and the business sort of progressing quite a lot, at quite a rapid speed the past two months, I've just got myself into this mental headspace where I'm up at half past six in the morning, I'm on the laptop till half past five, then I'm having dinner, and then I'm opening the laptop at like half nine, half ten at night before I'm going to bed. Yeah. And then I'm getting into bed, and then the phone's out, and I'm doing shit on my phone. I'm just not really yeah. switching off, so I think that's where I need to sort of look at how to sort of manage my sort of time a bit better, which I'm, I'm getting there. Um, we're getting a few more processes in. Again, I know it's all apps and all phones and stuff, but there's some apps that we're looking at. I can just sort of like plan my sort of my day, my day and my routine out a bit from a bit. Mm -hmm. Whether that's because I'm not, I'm sort of being a civilian for a few months with this whole COVID stuff. When in the military, you sort of like know exactly what you're doing when you're doing it. And if not, you're even getting told it's on the fucking piece of paper on the board. Yeah. So you're doing this at this time, you're doing that at that time. I've yeah. never had to think about it, but now it's my own sort of responsibility. I think that's where I'm struggling with the structure and that mm -hmm. whole sort of like headspace sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any, any, any tips or hints are, are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there is, um, you know, if you think about people like ourselves uh, and also certainly people within my age group and above as well, um, now unless they... Um, unless they've got uh, people around them all the time. And Gaz made a really good point there, is identifying your own um, issues, not necessarily weaknesses, but your own issues that you may mm -hmm. suffer with. If you've got people around you a lot of the time, like we do, we decompress with, our, with each other. You know, if we're having a shit one, any one of us would always lend an ear. 
I think the three of us are very lucky. We've got strong people around us that we can uh, bend their ear as well. You know, we've all got missuses that we can then bend their ears and, and they're good girls, you know, that would would listen. I think there's, there's an issue with people around our age where if they haven't got companionship, they haven't necessarily been a social person outside of a military structure, then they've got no one to, to unload on. And what happens is, is using military as, as essentially a structure and reason, um, when that when that isn't there, you, you kind of fall apart. Uh, and you, you, from what I, from what little I understand is this is sort of like an OCD issue where, um, you essentially have OCD because you, you've had no one else to worry about or deal with. It's your own little world, your own structure. Um, you don't have anyone to unload with. So the moment something goes away in, within your own uh, routine, mm-hmm. Your world falls apart. Yeah, I think for, for me personally, ever since I was a kid, if like if I hadn't done my homework, the next day I felt guilty. I probably still wouldn't have done my homework because otherwise I wouldn't have joined the regiment, whatever things. But <laughs> but the point is, if you haven't done something, uh, you feel guilty. You feel like, and there's that thing that's constantly nagging at you. You know, Luke was sort of. Um, uh, raising that point earlier, if you, you there's something that, that isn't quite, you haven't got this done or that hasn't been done, you feel you feel guilty. So I think a couple of things is tick off the things that need doing, get them ticked off so you can put them to bed and they're done then. Mm. I think be grateful for what you have got, not for what you want. Be grateful for what you have got and work on that. And whatever you need, whatever it is you have to do, you have to reach out to other people and communicate. You have to unload to someone. Now, you don't necessarily have to bend their ear and tell them your life story. You just need to converse. You just need to, to be a human and interact and talk to people. We, you know, uh, we, you do this, Gaz. I think the, um, the dip pages you've got on, with Luke and we do it within the HR4Ks. The whole point of what we wanted is I don't want to be a mecca for mental health far from it Mm. because I I often wouldn't get people with mental health. I get people who want a label, not people who've actually got a real mental health issue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What I do want to be though, is a place where people can meet their friends, converse, relax, escape, escape from that routine that they need, you know, get five minutes, and then go and crack on with the jobs that I need to do. The, the stuff that's fucking nosing you out in the back of your head, niggling at you. you know, that's, I think that's the way to do it, personally. Yeah, I think we're yeah. all lucky. You know, we're, we're, all our brains are going a million miles an hour. That's why we run businesses. Honestly, looking yeah. for the next thing, next product, next venture, next whatever. You know, we're, we're constantly thinking about stuff. We're not stuck in a routine. We're not stuck in, in that um, that's why, obviously, we, we, we weren't necessarily the best at the army. Um, <laughs> but we're lucky. So I think we're very lucky in that. But there are many people who are going to listen to this who don't necessarily have that. But that's the way that's their life. But I think they absolutely need to be grateful for what they do have and they need to converse and just talk to people. Yeah, I think that's right when you say that. I think there's so much going on, and especially when you're sort of owning that business as well, like pressures of, of leaving 
the business is now going to pay for mortgage. You've got kids on the way. You've got you got this. You, then you think about what what next we're going to sell. But even now we're like thinking, fucking, hell, what we're going to do for Christmas? And like, shit, what we're yeah. going to do in like January, February, March? And like your head's going like thousand miles an hour. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, I think that's a sort of good that you're thinking at that sort of speed. So you're sort of planning ahead. But I think you just got to sort of sit back sometimes. I think that's what I I probably struggle to do. It's well, to sort of you, off. you have to recognise that. that so like you were saying there, so you do need um, that structure. And obviously you put that structure in place and that, yeah, that sort of horizon scanning that you're doing there is good. But I think yeah. you have to recognise that the schedule is owned by you now. And yes, it's sort of affected by outside influence, but that's your schedule. And if you need to go, right, um, so I've hit, I'm, I'm happy with the main points of this, but all this nifted up and trivia in between, I can just... I can relax on that for the moment. You know what I mean? You've hit, you've hit your big markers. Um, but you have, you have to understand that you have the freedom to change that yourself. You know, yeah. it's not set in stone. You're in charge of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's, true. that's only, I think that's the only thing that I'm, I've got better at. And I've had massive wobbles. Um, do you remember when we were in HR4, I came down to HR4K and we had a meeting? I'm not sure if I told you this told you guys this we had a meeting when uh, Roller Rogues came down and then we had were you uh, on the audio then Luke or was that Nick yeah yeah I was um, on FaceTime I think yeah that's yeah. right you were on FaceTime yeah. yeah 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 so after that I had a massive wobble so I sat there and listened to everybody talk and obviously Roller Rogues are my uber professional you know what I mean? Mega, they mega spread that, away, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. Give, they certainly give that impression of being mega. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I got back, and for about three days after, um, I think I, I can't, Jane can't remember if I've told you guys this or if I just told my message. I nearly, I had three days of nearly having panic attacks. And I've never had a panic attack in my life. Never, ever. Like, all the work stuff or whatever, I've never had anything like that. And I would find myself looking at the stuff I had to do because at the time I had no sort of I hadn't done any sort of structured I'm going to do this 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 I wasn't really tracking anything properly I was basically playing still and running the business um, and I was I'd sit and look at the computer and I'd be like I just feel really sort of light and a bit stressy and I was like what the fuck's going on here and I certainly couldn't concentrate on anything um, and it and it, there was also like a feeling of inadequacy that I was like, shit, everybody else knows what they're doing here. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm an arrogant cunt, so I don't get that ever. I, I've never had that. I've always been sort of confident in what I can do. And I, after that, I was sitting there going, I'm fucking playing at this. Everyone else is on top of their game. And what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you're going to get found out here. And yeah. it took me taking control of that and going, I stop being a bell end, go back to square one and think. And I did, I got you know, I got some sort of apps or whatever, and I I forced myself to plan out things I was gonna do. And I'm still super fluid with stuff. So I'm nowhere near as sort of set in stone as you guys certainly appear to be. But I smoke mirrors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I found a way. I found a way to to bring myself back to okay, we're we're all right here. But I you know everyone's different yeah but it might be like a bit of that sort of self-induced pressure uh, which I know I've done in the past and especially with 
trying to go down certain avenues within the military that weren't successful. It probably was looking back now that a lot of self-induced pressure, thinking, fucking I'm not up to standards with that. I'm not there. I'm not here. Whether it's looking around, looking at other people, comparing yourself and stuff. And again, same with the businesses, like comparing yourself to other businesses. But I think I think you always there's always room for improvement, isn't there? And I think again, being sort of involved with yourselves and other businesses like Jotna, for example, when we did what we did with Jotna, that we learned so much from that. Uh, it, the Tommy from Jono, he's like mega squared away. He was like, right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And from literally having the conversation, we were like going live with the competition like two weeks later. And then yeah. what we've done now with Elliot Brown, which I'll speak about at the end, is <laughs> like, we got, we've, we've, we've sort of, we look like the professional ones. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And yeah. we actually look quite good. And before with Jono, I was, I guess, exactly like you were. I was getting all these emails from Jono and that, and I was thinking, fucking hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look a bit like a bit cowboy here but we learned so much from that and then we've carried that on to the next thing so I think you just it's just constant progression isn't it and as long as you sort of recognise like you said you obviously had those three days where you're like fucking hell I need to sort my shit out yeah but sometimes yeah. you need that um, sorry about that did that, did that just break everything up then no 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 I wasn't no. trying to break in I was did you did that Okay, sorry about that. No, it's fine, mate. Um, You've just drawn attention to it, but it was fine. Don't worry about it. All right, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, I need to... I had, mate. You're going on about like, cutting around fucking bashing in caps and that, and I'm trying to spin a bit. Is anyone I've got? <laughs> I, I, learned, I, li- I, live in the, I live in the middle of nowhere, and the, the one truck that comes past decides... To... Yeah, exactly that, yeah. <laughs> I was working up to that bit as well. Sorry, cake bro. truck. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I apologise. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when, I, when I left when I left uh, the army at the start of the year, um, I, I had a lot going on. I'd uh, I had no house uh, to go into. Um, I had no house. I was um, my wage that I was about to take on was you know only a couple hundred qu- uh, quid a month. You know because I had to go right back to basics. I had to ensure my staff were being paid. You now, lucky I've got a, a pension, but. What I personally did when I left is I made sure uh, my house was in order. What I did, and I mean that kind of actual about my house and also just my life in general. When I left, I kind of separated myself from my business for about a month. Um, and my business partners are really uh, understanding, actually, for that period of time. And what I did is I did everything that I knew was kind of niggling at my brain, um, you know, uh, it sounds bony a bit like you know that shepherd's hut I built uh, I did the garden I got rid of all the stuff in the you know so when I I bought the house all the things I wanted to do that's just those those things that you know you have to just it's almost like nesting you know I just wanted my yeah. place to be squared away so I then had almost like a a base that I could work from and be comfortable in and my family would be happy and everything else so I took pretty much a month after getting the house to build like this sort of shed thing. I mean, why the fuck I needed a shepherd's hut? I don't know, but I, it, it's not the point. The point was it took my mind off off the transition. It made, made me feel like I was actually doing something. I had something to think about and it was practical. Um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a uh, thing on a computer. It wasn't a course. It was a practical thing 
uh, that I could just do and just just drift away while I'm doing it. That's why there's so many mistakes Switch and holes in the place. Exactly that. <laughs> and then the guard, you know, doing the garden, doing the, the uh, some of the other bits and pieces I had around. But once that was done, now there's a few things in the house that I still need to do, and that's the whole point of having a business. The point of having a business is so I can afford eventually to to make the house and make my family home the way I want it to be. I'm not a greedy man. I don't want lots. I just want where I live to be comfortable. Um, but I honestly think that by getting my roots squared away, as practical as it was, and that was just about where I, where I lived, that actually when I came out of that a month or so later, I was fresh and keen, good to go. You know, I, I couldn't wait to get amongst it. Um, so I suppose going back one uh, is, you know, those niggling things that are in the back of your head, Whatever it is you need to do, you, you kind of need to reset, just like you mm-hmm. did, guys. Reset, mm-hmm. sit there, get whatever it is out of the way, and then crack on. You know, and I think that was that's that's what I did. And I think, to be honest, uh, I I almost struggle to kind of. I get why people have mental health issues. I understand it. My parents come from a mental health background, uh, uh, both being um, uh, working in a community psychiatric. Um, places I get it um, but I I don't have it I'm very lucky mm. and, I'm, and, I, and I honestly think that's massively down to having such a great support network around me you know or, and, uh, and that's as loose as just having two idiots that I can talk to yeah. exactly yeah. Likewise, you have yeah. to can you cultivate that though so just get these people who see maybe had that at one point and we'll see it slipping away or some sort of other structure and that, and they lose that and they don't for whatever reason they don't recognise that that they okay I need to put some changes or I need to restructure something around me you know you do I'm very antisocial you know I, I have a small group of friends who um, like you like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have that small group of friends but I, they're, they're sort of all I need. I'm not someone who's like massively social, but if I, I could very easily drift into a, a thing where I was on my own and I didn't have anybody because I'm not a social person. I have to force myself to do that. I know myself well enough to go, well, you haven't spoken to so-and-so for a while, so you need to send them a message because, you know, that they could, they could drift off. You have to cultivate that. I think some people don't and they let it go and then they assume that maybe that person doesn't want to speak to them. They're not the friend anymore. You haven't seen, I can't, can't message that person out of nowhere because uh, I haven't spoken to them for you know six months or a year. You can't let that happen. You have to take responsibility for yourself and keep your circle strong or whatever you need. But it's your job. No one else's job. You know? yeah, but hopefully if you have those people... If you have those, if you pick the right people, they will go. They'll message you and go, "What, what are you doing? Stop being a dick." Yeah, yeah. you look after each other. Yeah, I think we're we're all very very lucky in that, uh, you know, and and that goes both ways. You're straight on them, you know. Um, uh, recently, mm-hmm. I've had another guy's gone. He's a civilian mate of mine who's uh, leaving a family business. You know. Yeah. Come around for a brew, mate. Let's 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 thrash it out. There's no difference between what he's doing and what we've done, where he was in essentially what is an institution for a period of time, which is a family business, to then break yeah. away that on his own. 
he needed someone. He needed someone to talk to that wasn't there, you know, and, um, mm. you know, and, and I'm there. Uh, and likewise, he was there for me, even when I didn't need it. And I, and I said, no, I'm fine, mate. He goes, no, you're right. I'm sure. And, you know, was, that's all you want, you know? Um, yeah. And I think knowing that around you and having those people around you is massively important. I, you know, uh, t- there's something that pisses us off, you know, and that's the people with labels, people who, who jump on the back of the old PTSD and, and all the other crap. And, and the first thing they tell you is they've got it. First thing, yeah. it's a label, you know, and, and I've, I think that massively undermines the people who are really suffering and the people who, you know, who, who actually need that support around them, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, she got gas. Well, the last one we've got wasn't one of the questions, but it was, it's something that we chatted about recently on the, the old WhatsApp group in the last sort of, you know, few days. And it's the worship of the wrong people, false idols. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Do you want to go down this or do you want to? <laughs> well, I suppose I made the reason. We can't go direct with it. We don't have to be direct. We can just like talk around it. Yeah, so all, all I'm getting at is the fact that I think um, I think we just need to remember who's actually important here. There are a lot of actors, celebrity types who do amazing work. They do amazing work for supporting mm-hmm. uh, the armed forces, the, the the first responders, and everything. I think you know, uh, especially now where there is a lack of campaigning to make sure that the military is at the forefront of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, raising uh, the support for the NHS and everything, I think some absolutely amazing. What I was kind of licked out about, and this is obviously not against the individual, because I've met the individual a couple of times and he's a very nice bloke. And he's also uh, a very close friend of my business partners. But I was kind of a bit licked out with the old Marine doll. And, and, and I, I personally felt that... Um, I, I just felt that there's many Royal Marines that probably should have been um, immortalised as a doll as opposed to an actor. And I can only imagine it was probably quite cringy for that actor as well to be immortalised yeah. as, as, as a doll. Yeah. When actually it should have been... Of course he does. And, and, that, yeah. and that's amazing. And, you know, we've... Yeah. we've and, um, I mean, he's helped Power Edge, my old yeah. unit... You know, yep. boot neck, everything, and and uh, and that's just not. Let's you know, I'm not focusing it on that individual by any means. <clears throat> As I said, he's a good bloke, but I just think that people need to, instead of being stuck up celebrities' asses, um, you know, if celebrities are helping you out, that's amazing. But you don't get up their ass. There's there's people who've literally bled for this country, died for this country. Um, they're the fucking heroes. They're the real heroes. You know, that's that's who we need to remember and we need to immortalise. You know, we see it all the time um, when, um, uh, you know, people have these celebrities come to their dues. Two seconds. They're <laughs> gone. Yeah. And... Um, And they, uh, they come these dudes and they're all getting their pictures taken and they run over and go, oh, mate, you're a legend. Yeah. How are they a legend? What, yeah. they pretended to be someone else on TV for a, whatever. I mean, what? I think he's a legend. Is that bloke there with no fucking legs? Yeah. He's a fucking legend. 
Um, so that's my point, you know, and that that was that was the point I raised the other day. Um, obviously, a few people have taken that massively out of context. Um, uh, I think, which, I mean, we can we we don't need to focus on that particular case because, like you said, it's it was just an example. It wasn't like an attack on the individual in question. Like, I to look at it from a business perspective. Um, I think when you first start in this, there is a, you think if I can only get that person, whoever that is, in a shirt, my sales are going to go through the roof. And I better be ready because I need to have stock ready for when that happens, if you know what I mean. You think that's the case. And then maybe you do get some people in your, in a shirt or whatever. And, oh, well, that there was like a fucking a, a, the tiniest of upticks in sales. It's it's basically not all it's cracked up to be. And I think you you're basically you're picking the wrong person. And you if if somebody who's in the public eye happens to buy your gear with their own money and they're wearing it and whatever, that's a nice little warm fuzzy for you. But you can't seek it. Like I I know other companies who are who seem to be obsessed with this. And I mean, I've spoken to some of them in the past about it and said, you know, I, I really don't think this is the way to go. And it's this thing like, oh, I've got so-and-so wearing a shirt. I've got so-and-so wearing a shirt. I've got so like it's just you're they're not really helping you. Like I I, I don't care about if I could I mean I've got there are celebrities, people who I know in the public eye who have our gear and they they don't fucking they buy it because I see them buy it but they don't they don't put it all over the place and I'm great but I'm grateful for that because the, the world that these people the celebrities and you know film stars or whatever what world that they move in it's very difficult for them to openly express support of the military because we're not fashionable because we kill people and it's never been fashionable. War's not fashionable, you know? So if you stand on that side, and obviously it's become politicized. If you stand on that side of it publicly, they can damage their career. So I absolutely understand and respect that for them doing it. But I personally don't get excited from that. I get excited when I hear that so-and-so has been on tour and such and such fucking alphabet agency walks past wearing my gear. Oh, I saw a bloke from this guy from this place the other day who was wearing your gear. That's what I get excited about. The bloke's actually out there doing the work, men and women. Yeah. On the front line, whatever, who are doing this dangerous and unfashionable work around the world. When I hear they're wearing the gear, or I notice an address, oh, I know where that is. That's what makes me excited. And because they're the people who for my brand, certainly, and I know it's the same with your brands. They're the people living the ethos that I, I, you know, I'm about. Yeah, let's be, let's be, let's be clear. Sorry, Luke, just quickly, let's be clear. You know, we're not saying that celebrities shouldn't be wearing our t-shirts or anything else. That's no. not what we're saying. Uh, far from it. We're saying if that celebrity or type uh, absolutely shares the same ethos, then that's yep. amazing. Like you said. Uh, for them to go out of their way, which uh, politically, uh, you know, career-wise could be damaging, and they're yep. prepared to support the armed forces or a veteran-owned company, that's, you know, absolutely commendable, and thank you. 
Um, yeah. You know, they've got balls. They've got bigger balls than most of these people who are jumping on the bandwagon. That's not what we're saying. We're, 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 we're saying, you know, I just, I think it just needs to be a bit of thought behind it, you know? Totally. I think the whole, like, sort of influencer thing, I think people see through it now. Um, yeah. I mean, especially, like, going away from sort of our brands and uh, our sort of demographic and stuff. Do you know what I mean? You see some fucking lizard sat in the kitchen holding some fucking Webster's protein drink. You can just see yeah. straight through it. You know, for a fact, you don't fucking drink it. You know, for a fact, you don't... You'll be picking up another protein drink straight afterwards. Yeah, the tub's probably empty. Like I think people see through it now, and before, like, you know, they're using that, it must be hoofing. So I think people actually generally see through it now. So, but I think, like you said, if it's genuine, then I think people like appreciate that more or take it as a bit more gen. Yeah, it's fickle as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. there's, there's no substance to often some of it. What you also find is people would just do that just to get more likes because they're hoping that you will reshare that image on your social media. And they're yeah. doing it literally just for more likes. But, you know, they'll wear, you know, they've probably got three or four different companies they're doing that for, but what they're not doing is really putting the ethos behind. There are, I mean, look, we've all got uh, uh, lads and lasses who are big supporters of ours and they wear yeah, all the yeah. brands. That That's wicked. What I'm saying is, with this, I'm talking about those so-called influencers, like Luke just said, that are just false. There's nothing in them, you know. No. Self-proclaimed, fuck off, you know, <laughs> duck, uh, with that stupid duck face they pull every time they take a picture. And probably no, using that. Probably using app. Follow, follow. <laughs> yeah, right. and they use an app that changes the look of their face anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. We know that call sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives us something to talk about, though. Yeah, maybe that's next week. <laughs> oh, mate. oh no! <laughs> okay, oh, I'm gonna have to, got, like, to dip in a minute, mate. Yeah. So, just about to say there. So you've got you've got five minutes left, Luke, before you have to shoot. Do you want to do your? We always have to do the plugging bit. Oh, I'm, not that sort of, I'm not that sort of bloke, but as you've uh, as you brought it up, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, nah, just uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> try this coffee. Um, <laughs> now, just to everyone that's joined up to the club, um, massive thank you. And like a lot more people signed up than we expected. So that's hoofing. People are still signing up. So we've got some really good stuff coming in the next um, month's box. Uh, also, this week we've gone live with our uh, Elliot Brown collab um, which is actually going to go live for sale on next week so any more information just go over to our Instagram Facebook and you'll get the gen on the watch uh, okay. in theory it's a contact coffee watch uh, but fairly subtle uh, Elliot Brown uh, born and bred in Paul there are a lot of sort of um, I don't word it sort of special limited edition ones for military a few other agencies and uh, blue light services so pretty cool brand so yeah just head over to our page have a look at the watch uh, there's some pretty cool stuff that we're chucking in with it as well Roger yeah. do you want to plug in FM Ben? no just contact coffee uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know contact, contact coffee is one of those companies that uh, I've said before that I've always dug out blind to shoehorn a, a reason into trying to work with them. Um, you know, this company's absolutely killing it. Um, great ethos, doing some good stuff. 
Coffee Club sounds awesome. Yeah, Ali, yeah. loads of really good collabs. And then looking forward to that business day you guys are going to do soon as well. Yeah, cool. Cheers. Yeah. Well, I signed up to Coffee Club, didn't I? So, I thought yeah, Jack. Yeah. yeah, I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> I listened back, as I went in the last podcast, I was listening back to it going, I'm slagging people off for freebies here. And uh, I know the contact copy would, would send me free stuff if I wanted, but I should probably just sign up for their club. So, always, mate. Yeah. Always. Right. I appreciate you it. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. All right, dude. I'll see you in a bit. Always. All right. Cheers, lads. See you later, bro. Take care, sir. Bye bye, bye. Right. So what do you got, le- right. you got left on there, guys? Yeah, that was pretty much it for the, uh, the main ones. The other one were like, um, one was asking about my favourite songs and stuff, but I don't know. Do you really want well, to talk uh, about well, that? Well, that would be, be the HR 4K music for the motivated uh, playlist, wouldn't it? There you Long go. Perfect. On Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. I need to update uh, my one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Uh, so, uh, what, what, what you got next coming out, Gaz? <sighs> well, as, I suppose I'm going to have to do mugs now, aren't I? So, prior to this... Uh, podcast started the lads are just telling me about mug supplies that they've got um, I think what well, Contact Coffee have squared you over that supply that they've got for theirs is that right yeah yeah so I'm going to have to do a mug now and uh, yeah then give me a nice little little bit of input about what I should put at the bottom of the mug so we'll give him credit for that so, yeah so I'll square that away so we will finally get some mugs the only reason I've never done yeah. mugs before it's because one, this sounds fucking stupid, but it sort of seemed too easy. And I, I know that it should be the other way around. It's like, yeah, that's dead easy. So we'll just do that. I, my brain's fucking stupid. So I didn't do it because I thought it was like, well, that's fucking too easy to do. Um, but I know also I was snapping about posting them out and then getting broken and the nightmare of that. Uh, and in fact, also, because our lockup used to be so small, I was like, where the fuck am I going to fit all these mugs? as well as all the gear so I don't have an excuse anymore so I will get well you designed. could you could probably sell them in one of my coffee shops well there you go go on then let's talk about Amesbury in fact I do want to talk about Amesbury because uh, if you're if the weather's nice I'm going to come down yeah. So, um, so Ainsbury's mega. We've just teamed up with uh, Crazy Horse, who um, amazing people who built HR4K, a bike, a, a mo- an Indian motorbike, which Indian have also got involved with as well. Uh, so, a HR4K branded uh, motorbike built by uh, the phenomenal Crazy Horse, uh, endorsed by Indian themselves. And what we want to do is we want to create essentially ride out locations. So. Amesbury, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, is a, uh, a pop-up coffee shop that is essentially going to work as an information centre while we're building this sort of epic 10,000-square-foot build in Amesbury. Uh, obviously, we've also got uh, HR4K London in Wandsworth, and we've got uh, Hereford. And the idea is we've teamed up with um, Crazy Horse to, to add on to their ride-out destinations. So not only their locations which are cooler ship uh, it's amazing you know uh, they've got great nights good function nights um and then we can also be a destination as well that and then we just link up and the idea is everyone although we're slightly overlapping in business we can share the love and share the business you know we mm-hmm. can we can get people yeah. who share everything that, that both companies do 
and they can bounce off each other and then ride out to these different locations knowing exactly what you're going to get when you get there. Um, Crazy Horse are offering a few deals uh, in the future for uh, serving, -serving, ex-serving personnel and uh, some good stuff like uh, storage of bikes when guys go away, guys and girls go away on tour. Uh, So that's the sort of stuff. Yeah. And then obviously with a little bit of servicing, other bits and pieces they want to talk about. Um, So these are things that we we're keen to get amongst with Crazy Horse. I have no intention of selling bikes. There will be bikes um, on loan to us from the likes of Envy Augusta, uh, you know, and Crazy Horse. There will be bikes on loan to us for people to see, but we're not. We're not the bike shed. We're not Crazy Horse. You know, we're we're not them. Um, but what we do is we share something very similar to them, which is a lifestyle company that people can go to. So yeah, you know. For us as a company, it's all about collaboration with other people, sharing the love, working mm. with other people, finding who your tribe is, and uh, and seeing where you can go with it. Well, that's it. It's finding the the right people, isn't it? And if you, you do find those people, you you trust them and you keep hold of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that, what's, what's the date for the Amesbury thing? Because I like I say I'm going to come down. With so it, t- if I can, twenty third, mate. Uh, 23rd, 23rd. we're opening up a little pop-up shop. Um, we've also got the um, Unknown Warrior uh, 100, which is um, a load of lads from uh, Lark Hill who would be travelling the uh, the train journey of the Unknown Warrior okay. uh, back to Westminster Abbey uh, on uh, Membrance Sunday. So we'll be yep. supporting these guys as well, uh, just kitting them out. And they're working with the British Legion. So this is all about the British Legion. Uh, we're just going to support them and, uh, and ensure that they get everything they need leading up to, to the event. So that's the stuff we want to do there. We're working with Flow Jiu-Jitsu, which has got um, the world champion Nogi. Um, guys, uh, one of the guys from Flow, he'll be uh, doing stuff down in Amesbury as well uh, when we open up the Jiu-Jitsu. And hopefully we'll run loads of little events and loads of little bits and pieces out of the coffee shop down there and leading up to this big event in uh, January, February when we open up the box. Mega. Yeah, cool, exciting. Man. Very exciting. Yeah. Get the shit out of the way, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's fucking killing me now. I do. Um, uh, all right, dude. Uh, listen, I'm going uh, to crack on as well. Give okay. us a shout, dude. I'll uh, I'll catch you a little bit later. Uh, when's this going out? Oh, I don't know. This shouldn't actually. The sounds good on this one, so it shouldn't take too long to edit. So uh, it'll be up later later today. Wicked. So, All right, dude. Watch out. All the best. Hey, bit, thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye.